Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This month on Decompliance Life, I visit with Maria Devonzo. Maria is currently the Chief Product Evangelist at Treliant. Maria has sat in the CCO chair at Cushman and Wakefield, the international real estate company. And in this podcast series, she details how she moved from a small business-oriented law practice into the field of compliance and into the CCO chair and now her role at Treliant. I know you'll enjoy this month's guest on The Compliance Life, Maria Navanzo. In this concluding episode four, Maria details her move to Treliant and what it may portend. The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a chief compliance officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for our final episode in this month's edition of The Compliance Life. This month, we've been visiting with Marie Davanzo, who is now the Chief Evangelist Officer at Treliant. In our last episode, she talked about some of the key challenges she faced and overcame while sitting in the CEO chair at Cushman and Wakefield. And in this episode, we're going to talk about her move over to Treliant and how the lessons she's learned and the craft she has built for herself. She can use those to help compliance professionals now. So with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome back, Maria. Thanks so much, Tom. Maria, I think you said in episode three, a few weeks ago, you moved over to Treliant. Could you tell us what caused you to make the move over to Treliant? Yeah, sure. In a post-COVID world, commercial real estate no longer felt like the industry for me. I had a front row seat to how 
clients were rethinking their real estate needs. So even Cushman Wayfield, the company that made its money leasing, selling, and managing real estate space for clients, was considering remote working, hoteling, and occupying less space. And so I started to think that maybe it was time to consider a new challenge in the growth. And like everyone else during the Great Resignation, as they called it, I was getting calls from recruiters. I was being selective in what I would consider because honestly, I had a good, pretty good gig. There were a few interesting compliance and privacy opportunities in other industries that would come across my desk and that I was chatting with people about. But ultimately, they just didn't feel right to me. The only real change would have been industry. The day-to-day work would have been... The- During the course of considering one particular opportunity, I noticed that John Arendis, who is the CEO of Treliant, was a connection of the person to whom I ha- with whom I had been speaking. And I knew John and Andrew Rawson when Cushman had WeComply and then Thompson Warriors as its training vendor several years ago. So I reached out to John to get his take on the company. And he's a, John's a gentleman. He graciously spoke with me for, for quite a while and shared his insights. And before we hung up, he told me about this interesting idea he had. He didn't have any open positions yet, nor had he even discussed it with his board, but he was, he was thinking a role that ultimately turned into the chief evangelist role and wanted to know if, like, what I thought. And John and I remained in contact for quite a while. And as the process progressed, he had me throw my hat in the ring. And here I am today as chief evangelist officer. So that's sort of how it came about. So what are some of the roles that you guys have maybe scoped out at this point for yourself as the chief evangelist officer? Yeah, sure. In speaking with John and Andrew and and some of the other folks over here, we have talked about the role in three buckets, if you will. So there's a, a the product development role, being the voice of the client internally at the table and bringing the, that voice to the folks that are developing content, that are developing products, what's working, what isn't working. So that's one one bucket. The other is is helping the sales team understand ethics and compliance. As you tell them, it's not something that if you don't do it every day is easy for you to understand. It's also sitting with clients during those sales discussions and other customer support discussions as in-house expert, if you will, on on ethics and compliance products and what it is, helping the salespeople address the concerns perhaps that the customers have. And then the third is what we're doing now. We're calling it thought leadership, but really it's evangelizing about ethics and compliance like you do, but in a way in which I can I can actually make contact with clients, have a listening tour, and talk with them about how I can help make their programs effective and let them understand they can make their programs effective. And sometimes it's a little disheartening as you're doing it day to day, being that sort of support person and chatting with them about how their how their needs might be met and helped by, with by what Treline has to offer. So how are you able to use some of the experiences you had and skill sets you've developed over the years, really. And then let me lay on another component of that, where you see compliance going down the road in 2025 or beyond to help really with this evangelical role. And in ancient Greece, an evangelist was the bringer of the good news. So I certainly see you as that role, but how can you really sit down with a young or new CCO or a new compliance professional and help them to understand not simply how they can, how to do their job, but how they can do it 
Yeah. As I said, listening to her is putting me in contact with him. One of the things, one of the things we're working on is a customer advisory board or council where we would give customers a forum to really connect with one another and share ideas and ask questions and vent a little if they want to. As compliance officers are a group that loves to get together and chat and talk and share and benchmark. And my experience anyway, has been that they tend to do it freely and willingly. I, when I was at Cushman, I created something informally like that. I had no one within a real, I had lots of folks in my network, but I had no one in my network who was a real estate services compliance professional. And so on a whim, I called the CCO of one of our biggest competitors, our two biggest competitors, and asked them if they wanted to talk and they took the call and we created a, a, a forum in which we spoke on a monthly basis to share ideas and best practices and whatnot. And it really was something that, the three of us loved and and looked forward to. And so I'd like to bring that concept. And frankly, John had that idea before I even got there. And when we talked about it, I was like, yeah, oh my God, that would have been awesome for me when I was in the chair. Provide this, in, this informal forum and, and frankly, make it a little bit form, more formal to bring them together. And then I can, in that environment, share with them some of the things I've shared on this podcast with our audience and talk a little bit about some of the specifics regarding some of the challenges I encountered when I was at their stage in their career and just give them some recommendations and frankly, some help and some support. I moved into the compliance realm in 2007 and I went to a roundtable similar to what you've described, put on by a law firm. And it was, of course, populated by other CCOs or compliance professionals. And frankly, I was stunned because I'd been a trial lawyer, then a general counsel (laughs) at the openness of the discussions. Now, no one gave away confidential information, but people talked about, look, I've got this problem in this country. And it became pretty clear to me that compliance professionals are different. We do share. And I tell people, you can pick up the phone and probably call any compliance professional across the country and say, look, I've got this problem. Have you ever dealt with it? And they'll help you and they'll talk to you and they'll communicate to you. And we share amongst each other. And so I think, I guess my first question was, it sounds like that was your experience, but was that your experience when you moved full-time into compliance? And how can we continue to engender that type of relationships going forward? Yes, it was absolutely my experience. Like I said, I chatted with the CCO of CBRE and the CCO of JLL regularly, and it was at my initiation. I also, when I was attending conferences and speaking at conferences, I made relationships there with folks. One woman was a CCO at Terex in Connecticut. And when I got to Cushman and we merged and we brought on some additional folks within China we had some challenges with regard to how we were going to handle business courtesies, because as you can imagine, business courtesies in China are a whole different ballgame. And I reached out to this woman who I had met and I said, hey, would you be willing to chat with me about how you guys, I know you have a big footprint over there in Asia. How do you handle and address this challenge? And she was so willing <laughs> so very willing to help me. She shared draft policies, of course, knowing sharing proprietary, confidential trade information, whatever. Best practices on how to address that that one issue. She shared some documents with me. When I drafted my version of our business courtesies policy, called her up just to gut check before I shared it internally, bounced some ideas off. Of, and she was more than willing to give Give, give of her time, which when you're in the seat is very precious. And to this day, I still, I am still 
friendly with her, talk with her, see her at conferences, and have a fantastic relationship with her. And we continue to do that by by having others within the industry, those of us who experience that, share that with the younger folks as they come in. We, most of us, as you've fallen into this, but there are law schools now that have programs, right? Fordham Law School, my understanding, has a compliance program. I think NYU has a compliance program. I'm sure there are others out there. And so what that says to me is that there are going to be people that actually enter compliance as their initial career with the intent of being a compliance professional. And to that, I say, fantastic. And so we, as the elders, if you will, in the compliance world, need to share with them that concept of, look, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And when you are the one who has some experience with something, you should share that with with other folks within the industry. Look, those are some of the takeaways. That's one of the main takeaways of my career. Networking, talking, sharing, not being afraid to pick up the phone, send the email. It's, it's invaluable for lots of reasons, not the least of which is what is what we are talking about here. In the first episode we did, I wrote down the phrase, ask for help. And it sounds like to me, you've always been willing to ask for help. Is that a message you're able to communicate to other compliance professionals that even if they're law- legally trained like us, yes, you can, but more importantly, you should ask for help? Yes, absolutely. I used to tell my team that all the time, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I've never been afraid to ask for help. I think it's people that don't ask for help are doing themselves and their company is a, dis, a disservice. You got to put your ego aside, right? It's not about it's not about pretending that you're the smartest person in the room. I mean, and frankly, along the same lines, admitting when you don't know something, that's another, it's another piece of advice I would share. I There were many times that I was in the audit committee meeting in front of the audit committee and all the auditors and the CFO and the CEO and the GC and you name it, they were in the room. And the audit chair would ask me several questions. And if I didn't know the answer to one particular question, I would not hesitate to say, uh, I'm sorry, I don't have that answer right here in front of me, but I will get back to you with a response. And then, of course, you need to follow up. You need to provide that answer. You need to get back to people. So yeah, ask for help. And if you don't know, say you don't know, and then go and find out. Key takeaway. There are two other key takeaways, if I may, from my career. One is growth, development, and ongoing improvement. That's very important to me. And it's really funny because those are the key elements to create an effective compliance program. I may have said that earlier. Do the work. Research, study, prepare, right? Again, I know I've said that, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it's learn your craft. And then again, ask for help and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. And pick that phone up, pick the phone up, ask the question, send the email, connect. All very important. Marie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but it's been a great series. I've really enjoyed having the chance to visit with you, get to know you a little bit. And I wanted to thank you again and hope that we can continue this conversation. Same here, Tom. Thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you will join me again next week where I take up another episode in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of The Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. 
Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. In The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.